Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is NASCAR Coast to Coast, brought to you by Whelan and by Hercules Tires. Now, with a look at local, regional, and international NASCAR racing, here are Hannah Newhouse and Kyle Rickey. Welcome to NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network. It is Wednesday, October 30th, and the season is quickly winding down. I'm Hannah Newhouse in our Concord, North Carolina location, joined, as always, by Kyle Rickey up in Connecticut. And Kyle, I don't know about you, but when Halloween used to come around in Idaho, we had to wear our costumes outside of parkas. But here in the Carolinas right now, it's about 75, 80 degrees. Are you dressing up for Halloween, and you are going to have to wear a jacket on, on Thursday? Yes, and... Um Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to dress up or not. I have a costume. We'll see um, how Thursday plays out. Is it Disney themed? No, it's not Disney themed. However, it is an animated character that we're not going to get into here. Perfect. However, I have have worn it before and I've worn it to the racetrack before. Is it Ted? Yeah. Repurposing the costumes. I can appreciate that. I mean... I, Ted 2 came out this yeah, year. There you right? go. You so, can be Ted from Ted 2 this year, not Ted from the first Ted. Wow. Absolutely. Off track there. Anywho, the NASCAR Canaan Pro Series West was also racing this past weekend at Kern County Raceway Park out in Bakersfield. And it was the Derek Krause show, to say the least. He finally captured that pole at Kern County Raceway Park. It was the first one there. Having won a handful of times, though, already. So swept the evening. No one had anything for him at the tail end of that race, even though it came down to that green-white checkered. First off, nice job on the Fans' Choice broadcast of the race on Saturday night. I was tuned in uh, late here on the East Coast, but nice and uh, early out there on the West Coast. And yeah, it was a Derek Krause show. Uh, 155 laps, including those five laps in overtime. He led them all, held off Jagger Jones at the finish by a couple of car lengths, who, who is ending the season on the high note for Jagger with a win a couple of weeks back at All-American. Bouncing back here with a second-place finish uh, a couple of nights ago at Kern County. Haley Deegan consistently good all night, finished third. Brittany Zamora fourth. Todd Zusa rounding out the top five. But, yeah, no one could touch Derek all night long, even with all those late race restarts. And Jones really was the uh, story coming out of Kern County. Both the Sunrise Ford cars suffered right front tires go down. Early on in the race, Jones actually able to rebound, get back on the lead lap, and to finish second. Trevor Huddleston, his teammate, though, not as lucky, came home eighth. And that kind of shook up those point standings that we'd been watching of second through third. So going into the finale in at ISM Raceway in just a few weeks, Krause still with a great points lead of 550, over 47 ahead of Jagger Jones, who now jumps into that second spot. Haley Deegan still sitting pretty good at 51 points behind Krause, but right behind her, Trevor Huddleston didn't lose too much ground. He's 52 points out of the points championship. So just about two weeks away, we'll crown that champion in the Canaan Pro Series West, the only the only series still running really here on the state sides of NASCAR's regional, but the NASCAR Peak Mexico Series is also still in action. They've got about two more races, or they've got another race to crown their champion in December, and we'll have Ruben Garcia Jr. in here in studio to talk about that and what a busy man he has been, Kyle. 
Yeah, two more races for the NASCAR Peak Mexico Series, the last of those races in December. Um, I guess they can do that down there in Mexico City at the Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez. He is the championship leader right now, looking for his second consecutive title in that series. And you're right, he's been busy not running just the NASCAR Peak Mexico Series, but also running up here in the States in the NASCAR Kane and Pro Series East. They just wrapped up their season a couple of weeks ago in Dover finishing, uh, I believe, sixth in the championship standings in that series. So he's been running the last several seasons for uh, Rev Racing and, and the Drive for Diversity program, and uh, he's not done yet. Still two races to go and looking for another championship. And we'll have him in studio in just a little while. Talk to him about what 2020 holds for him, but another driver who's looking to see what 2020 holds for him is NASCAR Will and Modified Tour driver Timmy Salamito, as it was recently announced that he would part ways with the team that he's been running for the past couple years and that's really a shakeup in the garage when those two have been paired together for quite a while there Kyle yeah he's been running with the team the last I believe five seasons since Ryan Priest left the team back at the end of the 2014 season and it was kind of a bombshell that was dropped on Timmy and the entire Flamingo Motorsports team I believe it happened on a Saturday morning of World Series weekend just over uh, what two weeks ago at the Thompson Speedway Motorsports Park as the team prepared for the final event, uh, team owner Eric Sanderson decided or had already made the decision that this would be the team's last season and, and that would be their team's last weekend and that Timmy would be out of a job. He released the news late Saturday night as the features were wrapping up at the Thompson Speedway Motorsports Park uh, for the Saturday program, but uh, took him by surprise, took the team by surprise, and now that he's had time to think about it and maybe put something together for 2020 it'll be interesting to get his thoughts on the situation and we'll have timmy salamito here on after the break here on nascar coast to coast Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. This is Jesse's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. As a nurse, not making it to work was not an option. But driving through the snow with my wiper blades struggling, I just didn't feel safe. So I pulled into O'Reilly Auto Parts, and before I knew it, an employee was offering to install the wiper blades on my car. I got to stay out of the snow for a moment, and I still made it to work on time. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. It wasn't just built to be a museum. It was built to be a shrine to the history, heritage, and future of the sport we love. Visit the NASCAR Hall of Fame and see how Petty, Earnhardt, and hundreds of other NASCAR legends became heroes. Watch their most electrifying moments, experience realistic racing simulators, and much more. Plan a trip to the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte. Tickets at NASCARHall.com. NASCAR Hall of Fame. This is our sport. This is our house. Back to NASCAR Coast to Coast, brought to you by Whelan and by Hercules Tires. Here are Hannah Newhouse and Kyle Rickey. The NASCAR Whelan Modified Tour wrapped up just a few weeks ago, and there's been an abundance of news coming out of that garage as of recently. And one of those is a longtime competitor, Timmy Salamito, parting ways with his team going into the up-and-coming season. And we've got Timmy on the guest line now. Timmy, first off, thanks for coming on NASCAR Coast to Coast. 
Thanks for having me on, as always. Before we get into going into 2020 and uh, what has partaken over the last couple weeks there, you had a pretty up-and-down 2019 season. Your team collected four top fives, eight top tens, and it seems like one week you would catch a break, and the next week it would come back around the other way. I mean, how do you walk away from your 2019 season? How do you sum that up? Yeah, we had a pretty mediocre year. Um, You know, really all you can do is – you know, walk away with your head high and, and know that uh, you gave it all you could, you know. So hoping that next year will be a little bit better, um, you know, trying to put some plans together to try and run some races next year. I haven't really heard too much just yet. So uh, still a little bit early, so I guess we'll, we'll wait and see, but hopefully uh, we can find a decent ride for next year. Yeah, Sid, it was a, a mediocre season, a five-win season back in 2017, Winless last year and winless this year, although Hannah mentioned those top fives and top tens. What what do you think has been missing the last two seasons with, with you guys and the Flamingo Motorsports team? Uh, I mean, you know, it's hard to pinpoint just one thing. You know, the guys are working really hard trying to find speed. Um, you know, it's like I say every year. Everybody gets better over the offseason, and they put a lot of time and effort into their cars. And, um, you know, everybody tries to come out as best as they can the, the, the year after. And, you know, we had won uh, four four races one year, five races a year after, and then we've gone winless for two years, you know. So, um, you know, I think the competition's gotten better. Everybody steps their game up. Everybody, you know, gets different cars and, and chassis and, you know, the LFR Fury deal coming on. And, um, you know, those guys have been really fast. And, um, you know, I think we just got behind the eight ball and, and just uh, couldn't couldn't get out from underneath it, really. So, um you know, we, we gave it all we could. We had a couple of races this year that were, were pretty decent. We were up front and, uh, you know, did the best we could. So, you know, hopefully next year we come out with some speed and, and uh, figure some things out and, and go from there with my family car. That's really all I got for right now. And that leads me into that uh, conversation that we talked about a little bit in the pre-show. You announced on World Series weekend that you would be parting ways. Going into the next season with Flamingo Motorsports, you guys had a handful of years together. Uh, what was that conversation like? I mean, to come together on that final weekend of the tour and part ways with a team that you've had so much success with. Yeah, you know, it's always hard, tough to part ways with anybody that you've been with for a while. You know, it's almost like a relationship. So um, it was tough. You know, Alex Anderson and the team were great to me for, for many years. I ran for them for five years. And, um, you know, Eric decided to step away from the sport and retire for, from motorsports for now and, um, you know, kind of shut down the whole operation. So, um you know, just appreciative of everything that he's done and his team has done and everybody that's been on board the 16 team for the five years that, that we had together and the length that we've had together. Um, you know, we accomplished a lot. Kind of slowed down a little bit the last two seasons, and, um, you know, it, it's tough to, to go out that way. But um, you can just hold your head high and, and uh, go after 2020, and hopefully it'll be a better year. He'd been a car owner in the series since 1996. You found out on World Series weekend, I believe, is, is what the, the uh, your message said um, that night. Had there been any indication, though, that this might be happening? I mean, just a couple of weeks prior to the World Series, Eric was the grand marshal at the, the fall final at the Stafford Motor Speedway. Had there been any signs or you know anything that you noticed that this might be it, that he might be either cutting back or, or getting out altogether? Yeah, I mean, you know, none of us really expect him to get out altogether. Everybody definitely seen him slowing down a little bit in the last few years. Um, you know, I mean, he's been in the game for, for many years, and his cars have always been running up front winning races. So, you know, um, you know, I'm sure it was tough for him just as it was for, for anybody on the team to walk away. Um, you know, I found out World Series weekend, and, um, 
you know, I kind of seen some of the writing on the wall when, when he was the grand marshal. But like I said, you know, you can't knock the guy. He did everything he could, you know, uh, gave us the absolute best that we needed to go out and race. And that's all you can ask for at the end of the day. He was a great car and a great guy. You know, not many people you can shake hands with and have an agreement with, you know, that holds their word uh, in this day and age. And that's the type of guy Eric was. You know, what he said went, and that's, you know, that was the end of the, at the end of the day, that was his deal. So, um, you know, like I said, just thankful that I got to run for him and, um, you know, thankful that we won races and, and battled for championships for a few years together. And, you know, I wish him well on his retirement. And that being said, you'd mentioned over the off season, you guys have been trying to put together a family car to be able to go and run some select races and try and get in a ride for the season. But your off season is also pretty busy away from the racetrack. You're coming up on a year of the launch of your own business, Natural Design, something that you really jumped feet first in over the past off season. And for those who don't know, Natural Design's being, um, you do graphic design and wraps for people outside of even just racing. You do it for companies. You get to design race cars. How cool is it? Or did you expect to see your company take off and keep you this busy outside of the racetrack? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I was actually, uh, you know, when I walked away from my regular full-time job in January, I said, oh, you know, I'll have more time for myself, have more time for racing and, and you know, focus on things and kind of, uh, you know, business has been great. Uh, things have been busy, always trying to grow and, and expand. It's been exciting. You know, it's, uh, kind of, kind of been, uh, uh, you know, a bit of an adventure for, for myself and not, not really knowing, uh, what, what way it would go, but, um, it's been great and, and I'm excited to continue it. We just moved into a 1500 square foot facility, um, that we're trying to get, get all together and get everything going. So, uh, definitely going to be exciting. I'm still waiting for a, uh, a sealed-off decal. I know they came in a couple of weeks ago uh, when we were at Martinsville for the late model race. Still waiting for that, but maybe one day I'll get it. Uh, Timmy, World Series weekend um, was a milestone for you. Uh, 100 career starts on the NASCAR Wheel and Modify Tour and hoping to add to that, looking to add to that in 2020 and hopefully run for a championship. Is, any one of those one starts stand out more than the other? Uh, you know, we had, we had, uh, you know, quite a good run, hundred starts. Uh, I was hoping Sunday there at World Series was going to get a little bit better. We drove to the front early on, but, um, probably my first career win at Thompson really stands out, you know, um, we were third fast in peace that weekend, qualified 13th. And I thought to myself, damn, I thought I almost had this figured out. Um, and I drove to the front we had a really good car that day and we ended up winning the race. So we ran out of fuel. Uh, actually, on the cool-down while I was coming to victory lane, I ended up getting pushed in. So that one probably stands out the most in any of them. You know, always get the first one the toughest. And um, that was just a great day all around. Well, Timmy, we know you're a busy man, and you've got a lot of uh, work and planning to do over the off-season, so we'll let you get to it. But, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. We look forward to seeing you on the circuit next year as well. As always, thanks for having me on, guys. That's Timmy Salamito, NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour driver, shaping up his plans for 2020. But when we return from the break, we'll have Ruben Garcia Jr. here in studio with us to talk Canaan East and the NASCAR Mexico Series. Here's your chance to win a set of your very own Hercules tires. Go to HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Simply register, and each month we'll give away one set of tires. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading mileage coverage to get you wherever you need to go, no matter where the road takes you. Register now for your chance to win a set of Hercules tires at HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Hercules Tires, ride on our street. Oh. 
This is Sarah's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. Driving cross-country with two young children is ambitious, to say the least. Then our check engine light came on. We pulled into O'Reilly Auto Parts and they tested it. Turned out it was a faulty sensor. They referred us to a great mechanic just down the street and we were back on the road in no time. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. Back to NASCAR Coast to Coast, brought to you by Whelan and by Hercules Tires. Here are Hannah Newhouse and Kyle Rickey. While most NASCAR Racing Series have uh, crowned a champion on the state side, the NASCAR Peak Mexico Series is still in action for two more races, and we're joined in studio by Ruben Garcia Jr., hands down one of the busiest drivers right now in NASCAR's regional and international, pulling double duty for Rev Racing in the K&N E-Series, but you still have the NASCAR Mexico Series where you're leading the points. Are you taking a sigh of relief right now, now that you finally can only focus on one series? A little bit. I really thought that one of those freak weekends I would have after the K&N schedule was over, uh, I would really stay home and rest. But no, I've been doing some other stuff, race car related, not necessarily NASCAR related, uh, over Central America. So I haven't... I haven't actually got some free time for me but i enjoyed i've been traveling a lot and it's it's great i'm i'm used to a lot of the traveling miles now i was going to ask about that how difficult is that or challenging have there been any close calls where flights were delayed and you almost missed a qualifying session or a race in mexico when you were coming from a k&n race up here or has it been for the most part smooth sailing for you guys no it has not um the last time I had double duty, it was, I think, July. And there was I had a uh, layover at Dallas going to the oh. race in Mexico. And there was a huge storm. As soon as I jumped in the plane, I fell asleep. And uh, then I woke up, I looked at my clock, and I, I've been flying for like three hours. And it's supposed to be a two-hour flight. Then finally, the pilot said that there's a big storm in Dallas and the airport was closed for a little bit. So I, I lost my connection, connecting flight to Mexico and... I was supposed to make it for qualifying, completely missed qualifying and everything. I, I did make the race, but I was, I've was i never been so nervous in my life. I remember also earlier in the season, we had the twin features at South Boston. Yeah. And the South Boston, we got the first race in and only got about 10 laps of the second 100-lap feature. It was moved to Sunday, and you were like, sorry, guys, I got to go. And so you were able to start the race, get those start points, but you had the race the next day, didn't you, yep. in Mexico? And so you flew overnight and had to have – was it Colin Garrett that Colin, I believe yeah. raced your car for you in Sunday's race? So I commend you. I don't like close connections <laughs> as it is. It is insane. But if you take a look at your season, you're currently leading those NASCAR Mexico Series points and being able to pull double duty like that. How hard was it to be able to separate your focus – on two separate series where you ran for championships in both? It's hard, uh, especially how different those NASCAR Mexico cars drive to the to the K&N car. Uh, they're way lighter, they're underpowered. So changing the mindset, especially from like one day to the other, 
it, it was hard. Um, I've been fortunate enough to do this for the last three years, so I'm kind of a little bit used to now. I have more experience on that. But it was hard, and I think the key for that was having a lot of confidence in both my rev racing team and Team GP where I race in, in Mexico, and just knowing that that communication with my crew chief will be very precise and we won't be spending time on trying to understand what we mean between each other. Like The moment I said something, he would get it immediately, and I think that was the key to success to stay up front in the NASCAR Mexico series. 36-point lead over Abraham Calderon with two races to go, including the uh, season finale, which I believe is at your home track, Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez, right in the heart of Mexico City, where uh, the MRN crew has been several times to cover the, uh, the old NASCAR Xfinity Series races there years ago. Your thoughts on these last two races, and, and uh, is there a bit of a comfort zone with you and, and the track in Mexico City? I love this how they they put the schedule this year because my best racetrack in my whole car career in the Mexico series is Aguascalientes where we're racing next. So I always knew that as long as that track was the last or one before the last, I would I would feel a little bit more comfortable because we always run really good there as a team. So having a good run before the last race will will just give me that comfort gap that I need in the Mexico City race because that race. I love that track, and uh, I don't know if you get the chance to see the Formula One race yesterday there. It was awesome. Um, it's such a cool track, but since the walls are too close from the racetrack, like there's no big runoff area, um, a lot of things can happen. And it's not, as, as a spectator, it's really good, but as a driver, it's not the best track to have our season finale because there's a lot of stuff that can happen. Last year, we have a seven-car pileup on the first lap. So you really want to go to that track having a, a pretty comfortable gap, which I think at West Calientes, our next race, will can give us that. And your NASCAR Canaan East season will bridge over into that with Rev Racing. Um, you've been with them for a couple of years now, and it's all started with the NASCAR Drive for Diversity Combine. And we can get into that in just a moment. They hosted that last season or last week. But how pivotal has Rev Racing and the Drive for Diversity program been in your racing career, having been with them for a few years, contending in the Canaan East Series for a couple years now as well? They've been great. I'm so grateful uh, just to be part of that program and Rev Racing for so many years. Um, I always say it. I, I think without that opportunity the program gave me, I wouldn't even think about the right now being here, sitting in this chair, living in the U.S., uh, having a potential opportunity to grow up in my career here in the United States and uh, think of hopefully running in the National Series anytime soon. So they gave me that opportunity to show my skills outside my country, get my first win outside my country. Uh, last year we contend for the championship. So it, it's been a great journey. Um, uh, probably this was my last year because, you know, the, the program, they have a certain time where if you – if that time's due, like you can stay no longer in the team. But I've been, I'm so grateful just to be part of them. This year wasn't our best season. We changed some some uh, people working on my car, and it didn't work the best at the end of the year. Uh, we had some mechanical issues we faced, but we did have some really cool moments that I will always remember, and I will always be grateful for the opportunity they gave me. Hannah mentioned the Drive for Diversity Combine, where all the young drivers that applied for the program, at least those selected, flown down to Florida, go through a media training, a physical fitness program, an on-track program from the seat. A lot happens over those two days. Do you remember your first combine and, and that that two or three day period that 
ultimately got you in the seat with Rev Racing for what has now been four full seasons. Yes, it's very stressful. Hannah can attest that. It's very, very stressful, especially the first time you're there. Like once once you get there and uh, it was my first experience in the in a, the United States. Like it's a different country, it's a different language. I, I kind of can express myself halfway decent, but it's there's a lot of stuff different. It's a car that I've never driven before, a racetrack that I've never driven before. Uh, I really don't know exactly what I'm supposed to do or what they're looking for. So it's very stressful, but I think it's it's a great show just to see different talents from different places around the world or just different cultures. Uh, you you get to see and get to know uh, different people from NASCAR, different drivers. Um, it's just a great show. I think it's a, a great, even if you don't make the program, it's just a great, great experience for you uh, as a driver and to know where you need to improve or to get better for next year. And it's definitely one of those things. I think your my second combine year was your first combine yeah. year, and uh, you make friendships as well. You're friends with a lot of people, and I know that the Rev Racing team is one of the one I always look forward to seeing in the K and N garage, um, and especially some of the personnel moves up through the NASCAR ranks. They're just friendships that you that you keep throughout there. But we've got the Mexico Series Championship around the corner here that you're racing for. But 2020 is also right around that corner here, and you'd mentioned the possibility of not returning with Rev Racing. Do you have any insight of Maybe where we can expect to see you in 2020. Well, I'm I'm getting all my focus on trying to get a few races next year in the national series. I'm trying to go all in and try to do a few Xfinity races next year. You know, the sponsorship part and the partnership, yeah, it's the hardest part. So I will I will focus all my attention from now until probably early January on trying to figure out something for next year. Um, I, w I wish I had a little more updates on that. Uh, hopefully we can have some soon, but I'll, I'll be working on that, and that's where probably I'm heading all my attention now. You would be a great addition, no doubt, to the National Series here, whether it be a Gander truck or NASCAR Xfinity Series ride. Want to wrap up uh, the conversation talking about the NASCAR Peak Mexico Series. Obviously, a lot of changes up here in America next year with uh, the branding and, and the alignment of how NASCAR K&N series will fa factor in with ARCA. Reef kind of branding themselves to the ARCA Menards East and West and Showdown series along with the national series for ARCA. What's the health of the NASCAR Peak Mexico series? Uh, a lot of familiar names that have been there forever. A lot of great competition with Ruben Ravello. Uh, Abraham Calderon, Erwin Vinces, uh, Jorge Getters has been there forever. Uh, what's the health of, of that series down there in Mexico right now? You're right. I think the last couple of years they did a great job in splitting the what was the NASCAR Peak Mexico Series in two series. So now have they have the actual Peak Mexico Series and they have the FedEx Challenge, where I think that helps a lot to develop younger and, and newer drivers into the series. Because like you said, there's a bunch of drivers that they have been there forever. And it looks like there's no other younger coming drivers but now with these platforms they have the little v6 truck series now the fedex challenge series it looks more like a ladder like trying to reply what what you having here with the gander truck series xfinity series and then the cup level uh that's what we're trying to do in mexico i see uh, a few younger 14 15 year old kids moving into the truck series so that will be good um It'll take time, but I think that that's very helpful for the peak series. So now those names that they have been there forever, uh, they're getting closer to our retirement and, and leave room for younger drivers that they want to make it into the peak Mexico series and maybe keep moving up into the Drive for Diversity program and uh, into the national series up here in the United States. 
And we look forward to watching a lot of that as well as the announcement of the uh, participants that will be picked for the 2020 campaign for the Drive for Diversity program. But, Ruben, thank you so much for joining us in studio today. Best of luck uh, on that Peak Mexico Series championship and also in 2020. Thank you. Thank you very much. Always great being here with you. That's Ruben Garcia, driver in the NASCAR Peak Mexico Series and KNN East, joining us in studio. But when we return, there was some local racing that took place over the weekend and also some news coming from your local short tracks. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts for our See Better Drive Safer sale going on right now. Get great deals on everything from wiper blades to headlight bulbs. Plus, save on your next oil change with five parts of O'Reilly Full Synthetic Motor Oil and MicroGuard Filter, just $25.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Join Motor Racing Network every Tuesday night for NASCAR Live. Get the latest news and exclusive interviews from the biggest names in the sport. But, I mean, I, I don't know how to summarize it any better that, you know, a driver's home track where his family and friends are all present just feels like a bigger event. Hear the thoughts and opinions from NASCAR insiders and much more. I mean, when people come up to me all the time and say, hey, Rusty, who's going to win this week? I consistently say the four car. It's NASCAR Live every Tuesday evening at 7 Eastern on the Motor Racing Network. Back to NASCAR Coast to Coast, brought to you by Whelan and by Hercules Tires. Here are Hannah Newhouse and Kyle Rickey. Some short track racing over the weekend, including that of Tucson Speedway, where they wrapped up their 2019 campaign. And Kyle, a young driver who's continued to, continue to cut his teeth, found more success. Yeah, we're hearing the name Cole Raz more and more when it comes to big super late model races, especially out on the West Coast. And he was able to get the win over the weekend at Tucson Speedway in Arizona, one of the few NASCAR Wheeling All-American Series tracks that are still in action and can still run because of the uh, the weather changing here uh, in North America. Cody Vanderwell finished in second, Brandon Farrington third, Paul Banghart, Vanessa Robinson rounded out the top five at Tucson. Seekonk Speedway up here in New England and Massachusetts also able to run this past weekend. They ran the Tri-Track Modifieds, Chase Dowling picked up the win after Matt Hirschman was uh, disqualified on the final lap for rough riding. Keith Rocco and Andy Jankowiak, the top three. Mike Hopkins won the pro stock race. And uh, Derek Gluchaki picked up the late model feature event over the weekend at Seekonk. So uh, not a lot of racing to talk about, but there were a few tracks in action, one on each coast. And you mentioned all of the racing that happened there at Seekonk, but some news actually out of Berlin on they're actually cutting down a couple of their divisions going into 2020. Yeah, they made the announcement last Monday at a uh, at a meeting that involved all the competitors and I believe the owners and officials at Berlin Raceway. They're they're cutting two divisions, uh, the the Super Stocks and the Modifieds. The Modifieds have been a part of the NASCAR Wheel and All American Series program there now for about a decade. The Super Stocks have been there for just as long. Low car counts uh, was the reason, averaging 11 a night, according to Director of Operations of the racetrack Nick Rice. They will either add 
a truck division or a limited late model division. Uh, those announcements will be forthcoming here as we get closer uh, to the holidays, but uh, kind of uh, an informative meeting there last week to announce that two divisions would be cut back. And it's something I'm, I'm, I'm thinking we'll see more of. A lot of these racetracks, you know, years ago were trying to build up their weekly program with uh, a lot of divisions. You know, they would start with two or three divisions back in the 70s and 80s, and then that fourth division and that fifth division would come along. But I think as the uh, the economy has changed and, and the landscape of the sport has changed, fewer divisions might be the way to go here for a lot of short tracks uh, right now. I I'm happy with a three or four division show. Yeah, I would agree. I think, like you said, they were able to purpose out a bunch of different divisions to bring those people in, and now to be able to compact that and really focus and flow everyone into the same same division would probably be healthy for these racetracks. But like we said, as 2019 comes to a close, we start to see more and more come out regarding 2020. And that being said, Evergreen Speedway announced their 2020 dates for the Summer Showdown. Yeah, uh, next summer, one of their biggest events. I think it is their biggest event of the year for Super Late Models, June 24th and 25th for the Summer Showdown. They've announced some of their other major events as well for the 2020 campaign. As always, a very diverse schedule for the fine folks at uh, Evergreen Speedway, including that uh, nine, was it 60 minutes of fear or 90 minutes of fear figure eight race that they do every year as well. But Summer Showdown, June 24th and 25th. But Hannah, some changes to the Winter Showdown for next year. Yeah, we've seen the Winter Showdown the past couple of years be held at Kern County Raceway Park in Bakersfield, but it was announced a couple of weeks ago that it'll actually move venues in 2020 and will be hosted at the Irwindale Speedway. Uh, Huddleston and Bob Rincotti of Sunrise Ford have been in together to save the track that just seemingly won't go away, and I have no problem with that whatsoever. But I was going to say, that's a good thing. Yes, yes, that is hands down one of my favorite short tracks in the country. Irwindale Speedway has a lot of history to it and a lot of great racing, and ideally I think it's one of the best places to go super late model racing. So they made the announcement that it would no longer be hosted at Kern County Raceway Park, but be switched over to the Irwindale Speedway starting next year. And I have to say I'm really excited about that decision, just in the sense that Irwindale produces some great racing, get a ton of super late models out there, and you're going to see some of the best racing in the country personally. And, and that's the thing with these big West Coast super late model races, whether it be the Chili Willy at Tucson or the, the winter showdowns and summer showdowns at Evergreen and now Irwindale and when it was at Kern County, you got some great car counts. 35, 40, 45 cars would come out and try to qualify for these events. They are fun to watch. And some great facilities, you know, all four of those racetracks that host major events, and there are others out there that we haven't mentioned, uh, they're nice facilities. I'd like to see NASCAR's National Series return to some of these uh, short tracks, and that's something that we discuss all the time on the national side of things is, you know, the Gander trucks going back to short tracks, and I think, you know, Kern County Raceway Park, I think Irwindale Speedway are two racetracks that would be uh, amazing facilities to host the Gander Trucks. In an ideal world, world, Kyle, we would be going to Tucson with the trucks on Phoenix weekend. We would be going Where to Irwindale. We would go to Irwindale the weekend of Fontana. There's so many great facilities out there that they could easily double up. Then that's what I think that purpose was initially with the K&N Pro Series, but we started to veer away from that. And hopefully we'll recircle with the merger here in the ARCA Series. But, Kyle, what are you doing this weekend? I know we talked about you were going to – be lurking out there in your Ted costume potentially on on <laughs> Halloween, but uh, I know it's an off weekend for you and an off weekend for me as well. Yeah, well, and the sad part is I look at my notes and I have next week and all the events listed. Yes. I have nothing 
as far as looking ahead to next week, I mean, most of the short tracks up here are done and quiet. Thompson Speedway has its annual uh, Don Honig's original automotive swap meet. But other than that, it's a quiet weekend. So I'm probably just going to kick back and watch all the action at the Texas Motor Speedway for the Xfinity and Cup Series cars. Sounds like it will be a similar plan over here. I'm sure we'll find some festivities in the Charlotte area. I know everyone around here is gearing up for World Finals next week at the Charlotte Dirt Track. So wouldn't be surprised if some of the festivities include that. But look forward to doing this again next week. We will find something to talk about next Tuesday or next Wednesday on NASCAR Coast to Coast. So that being said, uh, I'm Hannah Newhouse and he's Kyle Ricky for producers Daryl Smith and Brian Yesowich. We will see you guys next week here on NASCAR Coast to Coast on the Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Coast to Coast has been brought to you by Whelan and by Hercules Tires. NASCAR Coast to Coast can be found on MRN.com, Facebook, YouTube, or your favorite podcast provider. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a production of the Motor Racing Network. All rights reserved.